Welcome to Movie Maniacs. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry discussing the greatest movies of all time and all the new films in theaters and streaming that you need to know about. Like us, rate us, share us. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Rags and Chuck Curry. All right, we're back with another edition of Movie Maniacs for your Easter weekend. Mike Rags and Chuck Curry talking about the great world of movies and we've got some great movie news coming up in just a little bit uh we'll talk about what happened at the box office this weekend as well and later on you're going to hear us rank our favorite religious movies of all time as we head into easter weekend uh and let's bring him in right now and uh talk to chuck curry chuck how you doing my friend i'm uh i'm doing well mike how you doing not too bad so easter weekend uh you you, you think it's going to be a big weekend maybe for movies the, the weather's good in some areas not others but you got a big uh you got a big uh, Harry Potter's, you know, Secrets of Dumbledore comes out, the third Fantastic Beast movie. But Chuck, we'll start here. From what I understand, this the the uh, steam's coming out of this franchise a little bit. Yeah, I mean it's under underperforming from what I saw on the uh, box office mojo. It's going to do I think around forty million, which is about twenty seven percent off from the last installment. I got to be honest, I I have really no interest. It it, it just I wasn't like, I'm not a big Harry Potter fan. I mean, I've seen all those movies. Some yeah. of them I, I liked. I liked the last one. Uh, I liked actually like the last one a lot, but the, the, these, these prequel movies, I, I just don't have much of an interest. They might've worn out. It's welcome there. Just having said, having said that, I hope people go to the movies and see it. Uh, I, I think, I think what we've seen since Christmas with, you know, Spider-Man, no way home. And then the Batman, and some of the stuff in between, there is some glimmers of good hope. I mean, some stuff has done very well, but you clearly can see that the trend has been set now that you really have to give people a serious reason to get in their car and go to the movie theater. It's yep. just not going to be a knee jerk. It's not going to be like, hey, honey, or, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, let's go on it. Let's go on a date and, and go to a movie and like what's what's playing. Let's just see anything. I, I don't think it works that way anymore. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be the lowest opening weekend for the franchise. Usually, you don't see that the third time out. And then, uh, and then Father Stew, the the the, uh, the religious based movie with Mark Wahlberg, is going to open to like seven or eight million, which yeah. obviously is a disappointment. And uh, you, you know, know those the, are, those are some of those. That's a movie where okay, could have caused serious lightning in a bottle and did really really well. Sure. It, it, there was no lightning in the bottle. Now we talked about that a little bit last week. You you know it, yeah, it, you don't it, know. You don't know. And then you got the Nick Cage movie coming out um, next week, along with a movie called The Northman, which is you know, nobody's going to see that film and an animated movie. So, you know, it's getting some really good, really good reviews. The Northman, really good. I mean, so is Nick Cage's movie, love. too. I mean, the Nick Cage's movie is yeah. getting great reviews. And um, maybe we'll do a Nick Cage show next weekend in honor of him, because, uh, you know, we're Sounds both big good. fans. And, and, and this one, maybe he'll turn his career around a, a little bit here. Uh, Chuck, one of the one things I saw this week is the turnaround of Barbie. You know, it was supposed to be what Amy Schumer. She backs out. They get Margot Robbie. And you think that this movie might be in trouble. But from what I understand, I mean, it's casting big star after big star. Will Ferrell's going to be a part of it. This movie's gaining some Ryan steam Gosling, at least as far as right. Ryan Gosling. Yeah, some buzz around it. Now, um, let me ask you. Let me ask you a question. Margaret Robbie. Ryan Gosling, I get why Will Ferrell will take the paycheck. I guess he's going to play the CEO of a toy company. Right. Okay. I get that. But like, Margaret Robbie, like, why? 
big I, paycheck? Obviously, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it could. Maybe it's a good. Gonna, let me let me wait. Let me guess. They're going to go deep. It's going to be insightful. <laughs> it's going to be. I don't. I don't know. Well, I mean, back in the day, Anne Hathaway was attached to this, right? With the, the yeah. Diablo Cody was the writer. She was the Juno writer. Right? What she, happened to her? I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, well, and Greta Gerwig's directing it, so there's a chance it. Uh, no, I, it has talent involved. I mean, yeah. there must be some. There must be something with the script that they tweaked in a certain way that has an appeal for these people. Absolutely. Beside I, I think, the beside the big paycheck. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it, uh, Chuck. Um, you got anything you wanted to? Talk I got. About? I got to show you. I got. I could tell you this: if Amy Schumer was the star of this movie, it would do nothing. No, nah, probably not. Probably. Although I do like her. You're probably right. I think she had that shot in film. And yeah, it, well, uh, Trainwreck like, was really first, good. Yeah, yeah, and then the second one, not so much. And then that was pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. Well, the one with Goldie Hawn, right? She did right. The movie with Goldie yep. Hawn. Yeah, it was, yep. it was, yeah, it was very passable. Um, what do you got as movie news? Anything good? Yeah, uh, according to Variety, this week they did a story which got a lot of uh, a lot of uh, legs on uh, on YouTube bloggers and and also on the internet. A lot of the bloggers here that uh, Warner Brothers and and uh, Discovery merged, and there's new new power players that are looking at things, taking things over. And one of the things, the key point in the story in the trade Variety is that DC is looking to hire somebody in the realm of Kevin Feig, what he does at Marvel. And they like some things about what they've done with DC superheroes on the big screen and some things they don't like. They like what they've done. They like overall with, with Batman, with Wonder Woman, with Aquaman, and with the Peacemaker on HBO Max. But they do not like what they've done with Superman. Uh, mm-hmm. And they, they want to revive Superman in a big-time way. So the question is, let's talk about this for a few minutes here. One, do you agree with that assessment? I do. I do. Yeah, they never seem to okay. get it. Even, even and, Brian and Snyder what, got it wrong, too. Zack Snyder. And, uh, no, so, the, uh, not Brian Snyder. Uh, Brian Singer got it wrong, too. Brian right? Singer. Yeah, he got it wrong, too. Well, what he did is he just he's, he tried to homage Richard yeah. Donner, and it just felt like, okay, let's do something a little bit different. Now, um, we're both big fans of Henry Cavall. I, I thought he yeah. did, he's a good I think, Superman. I, think I don't think good. he'll come back. I, I, he's 40 years old. His, his friction with him in the studio, I, I think they'd have to go sort of like a reboot. What what they the, the mistake they made, DC as a whole, and they do like in this new new brain trust does like very much what they did with that Joker movie. They feel like taking stand standalone characters in their own movie, one and done, is a good idea. Listen, Joker was a great movie, in my opinion. I know you you were mixed. I thought Not it was a, a great movie. He won an Oscar for Best Actor. Was nominated for Best Picture. To me, that was a great movie, great adult-oriented material, and they made a great movie. Now, here's the thing. I, I think the mistake they made is they needed Henry Cavill to star to star in three Superman movies. He didn't need. They didn't. They, that was a huge mistake to me. Superman. Okay, let's do just uh, man, Batman versus Superman, and then Justice League movies. It's like. Let's like let's walk before we run, and so, you know, there was some errors done there. What would you do with Superman if you're DC? Listen, it's it's really all in the casting. It really is. You got. What I mean, do you think it? Do you think? Let's just say we both think Christopher Reeve was iconic, right? Yeah. Superman seventy eight, the movie, great movie. Superman two, eighty, great movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
But it fit a place and a time. We all know that, right? America was a different place, right? So Christopher Reeves, the tone of those films were absolutely pitch perfect. It was about hope, purity, doing the right thing. Can they do a movie like that now? Yeah, can they? Yeah, you tell me. I think I'd like to think they could. Uh, I don't know if people in, in would go contents, see it. In what contents? If you compared, if you compared uh, uh, Superman one and two with what Zack Snyder did in The Man of Steel, like how would you bridge those two visions? I don't know if you can. Zack Snyder's vision just does not fit a super to me a Superman world. It just doesn't. Um, okay. I, I just the the mood is totally wrong for me every time he, he Man of Steel. You don't like it. It's good, not great. So I do like it. I do there, like there's it. some great elements to it. But again, we talk about this all the time at the last yeah. 25 minutes, totally over the top. And it just diminishes from the rest of the movie. The, the movie's so intimate and small and really, really effective with the characters. And then he's got got buildings falling down left and right. I did not that did not like that. I just uh, I had a problem with that. And they, DC's had problems with their villains. In all these movies, it's their villains that's the problem. I like Batman. You don't like General. Superman. You don't like General Zod in that movie. He was fine, that's but good. again, that's really the, good. But yeah. the end takes it over the top. They don't. Okay, really, it's too much. I do agree it's with too you. Too much. And the same thing uh, with B- Batman v Superman, and uh, it, it gets just too much over the top stuff. Instead of just making about, it's okay to have Lex Luthor just be a villain, and you know we'll go on from there. I don't know. I. I just don't want Zack Snyder attached to the property anymore. And maybe that's my problem with it overall. I, I don't. Well, know. I think if you read, if you read, okay, now they did a couple of, um, they did some test screenings of, of the flash and multiple ones. Right. I don't know if we touched on this last week, but one of the points that came out of those, t- and I don't want to give too many spoilers away, but they, in the multiverses, they do leave open the Snyderverse. Like they do acknowledge that that's that, you know, Ben Affleck was Batman and, Right. And uh, and and the Snyderverse is, 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 you know, it, there's a door open that if they wanted him to do stuff in, in his own universe, they could do it. They also leave open the fact that Michael Keaton's Batman exists in his own own universe. I, I don't know. I, I think some of this stuff works a lot better in Marvel multiverse, but we're going to see how they I, I will see. Yeah, people we'll see. evidently like the movie, which is good. All right, well, I, you know, I, I did see the one story that came out this week that would have been really interested is that Josh Brolin said he was pretty darn close to playing Batman, yeah, I saw that. Batman versus Superman. I mean, if you think about it, my God, he would have been a great casting as Batman. I mean, he's still probably a little too old now, but you, you just uh, I think he's a great actor and a perfect. Yeah, role. I know he is. But I, listen, I thought Ben Affleck was awesome he did. He did movie. well. Yeah, but yeah. there have been no backlash. It would have been no like, you know, oh, it's Ben Affleck. Yeah, in a probably. Suit. I mean, Josh Brolin just brings a gravitas. No, I he agree. He, he's just he he just has a way of of channel fitting into a role. Really, yep. he's guys good. Guy yeah, is I mean, really good. The guy played Cable now, and Thanos, right? So I mean, the now, guy he can do pretty true. much anything. Now, speaking of superheroes, it, it was uh, announced that casting uh, and this movie is going to go go into production this year. HBO Max Wonder Twins movie. Um, <laughs> Still funny. An actor and an actress that I'm not really familiar with. Uh, her name's Isabel May. His name's KJ KJ uh, Knapp or something like that. Uh, I, we talked about this b- before when we were kids. We, we, you know, that cartoon Wonder Tw- Activate Wonder Twins Activate. Right. And it's silly. But um, I, I always said if they were going to do a Wonder Twins and it appears it's going to be a series, not necessarily a movie. 
what are we doing here? I know you I, always I said, what are we doing here? What are, I mean, really, it, it, enough is enough with this. I like, we, you know, I, I don't know what Josie. And I, the mean, I'm exci- I am excited. Uh, to see, I am excited to see uh, this, uh, this Batgirl movie, though. Yeah, I am too. Be Batman in it. I am excited yeah. about that. That I am too. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I, I'm excited about that as well, Chuck. Uh, he has one more thing I got. I was reading that. Uh, Keita Sutherland just gave an interview and said he now is very open to coming back as uh, Jack Bauer in and, the 24 and, universe. And, and what for? Why didn't he say? Why hasn't he said that over the last five years? I mean, listen, you know, if he's interested, that's going to happen. Yeah, it's a great property. That's uh, a great character. He's he, he's iconic in that role as, as Bauer. I, Let's bring I, it on. I could argue it's the best adult drama character on in the history of television. As far as I'm concerned, an action character on TV. And I, I would love to see that happen. I and, don't know. And you could argue Keita Sutherland's done a lot of movies. And, you know, uh, I, I you, you could argue, was he a movie? He's not, I don't think he was a movie star, but man, he was a TV star in that no, role. No doubt about it. Yeah, he never really. That was like a movie star being on TV. Yeah, yeah. And it worked. And then he became a TV star that never went back to the movies, really, from that. I mean, he never really. And, and, and I tell you, that. he is a really good actor because I tell you why. It's really hard to transition when you play a, an icon, an iconic character like Bauer, but he he sort of becomes a little bit more of a passive character in Designated Survivor, and he's really good on that show. Yeah, I, I never got into. It's that. a different character. I mean, right. I liked it. it. It wasn't great, but I liked it. It sort of ran out of steam. That sort of that should have been a one or two done, one and done, one season done. Right. Like. You know, like 15 episodes, that's it. Right, right. But then right, they, right. You, you, once you, some of those shows or characters, when you keep them going, it's like, you know, they're, ma- they're making it up as they, you know, as they wake up in the morning. Um, Chuck, before we do Fast Five and uh, do our favorite religious movies, I did want to bring up the passing of a, a pretty funny comedian in my eyes and another one of those way too young to die. And that's Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah, definitely had it. a. Definitely had a role in pop culture. There's no doubt about I, I, no it. No doubt. I said that. I said when we were texting each other, I said to you that, you know, that's a pop. He was he was part of pop culture. No doubt about it. And a generation grew up with him as the voice of Iago on Aladdin um, in the movie yeah. Aladdin. I love yeah. this scene in Beverly Hills Cop 2 with Eddie Murphy. It's a quick five minute scene, but he's hysterical in it. And, you know, he never really was a movie star per se, no. but. If you needed some intense he over was in the those top problem angst, child movies, right? The problem child movies. Yeah. And he's yeah. in Fort Fairlane, too. Right. He's in the, yep. he's the DJ that dies on the air. And he was always funny on the talk shows. Yeah, he always was. Um, and he, he will be missed. But, you know, if you think about him, Louis Anderson and Bob Saget, I mean, you're talking about a generation of comedians. Yes, that are just, stinks. just dying way too young uh, and, and uh, real, real sad. So I did want to bring that up because he does have a, a couple of movies of note. Um, that, that people would recognize. You want to know something? I, I tell you, you're going to think I'm crazy, but when you say Gil Godfrey, like it popped in my head, like he, he sort of played a character as a comic, right? Yeah, a little much. bit like, yeah. you know, over yeah. the time. You, you know what name just popped in my head? Remember, remember Forster Brooks? Yeah, of course. Well, all right, Forster he always Brooks, played a like, drunk, yeah. He, he played a drunk. Like that was his whole stick. Yep. And then, and they did those, um, the D Martin Rose. So, I mean, that, that was awesome TV. Well, that yeah, Gilbert, Gilbert Godfrey was never not Gilbert Godfrey, no matter what. Right. I mean, in, in an interview on stage, it was just always the yeah, same. It's shit. an act. And Foster yeah. Brooks never let that guard down either. He never he never yeah. saw him in a and serious that, that one, Foster Brooks was to an extreme. Yeah. Like the, the pull at all. I mean, I don't I, I never seen him do stand up, but 
like I, I always remember from the Demon Rose, it was yeah. always. He's always drunk. It's funny. He's very funny. I don't think you could do that shtick now, though. No, it'd be tough. That's for sure. It'd be a lot tougher. Yeah. Um, all right, Chuck, let's do fast five here. I give you okay. five actors or actresses. You give me the first thing that pops into your head. You ready? Yep. Emma Thompson. She's 63. She's done a lot. I don't like I. It's not the best way. Like Junior popped in my head for some reason. Junior pops into your head. Yeah, it just <laughs> it just popped in my head. I would just think of the one scene with the Joni Mitchell song in Love Actually. I mean, that's one of the great scenes oh, yeah. of all time when she finds yeah. out her husband's cheating on her. I mean, yeah. that alone, she's great in the Harry Potter movies. As <laughs> with you, what about Saving Mr. Banks? That's a good flick. Not many people yeah, saw that. Good. She's good. But in I got to tell you, you know, when you when you bring we because we've spoken about this so many times on the show. Like that script of love, actually. I mean, that's ballsy material. Yeah, that it works is completely. No, it, I mean, it is. It is. I, I mean, that's that, that's that's like um when they were writing that script and then filming it. Let's be honest. You're 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 putting real life on your sleeve, and it's not always easy for people to watch. No, but no. it's so real, and that's why that movie's so effective. It's such it, a great it movie. It is, and she won two Oscars. Uh, Sense yeah. and Sensibility. Uh, and uh, and Howard's end. And she did a lot of work with her husband early on. Remember Kenneth Branagh? They were married. Yeah. I did like Dead Again. I thought that was a, a, a nice little thriller that those two were in together. By the way, I saw the uh, Death on a Nile. It's really good. I yeah, saw I it on HBO good. Max. I enjoyed it a lot. I, I was surprised at how much I liked it. Um, and, it, you know, good old fashioned murder mystery. Uh, I actually look forward to the next one they do now. Not an actor I enjoy, but I know you find him somewhat likable. Seth Rogen's 40 which may make a lot of people feel a little old right now. Seth Rogen, 40 years old. What movie pops out in your head? Knocked up. Okay. Well, that's an easy one. That's an easy answer. I thought you were going to say neighbors, to be honest with you, because I know somehow you're a fan of that movie. I thought he was very funny and super bad in the small role that he had, but he did co-write. Listen, the script. I, I think um, you could argue that his, he does a lot of the same stick over, but he does it very well. And I, I, will, I think he's very, I, I think he's very intelligent and I think he's a good actor. Well, I will tell you, uh, he knows the industry, knows what he's doing. And he impressed me in the Pam and Tommy movie, too, because he does play against character in that. And he's actually pretty good in it. So I will say that I highly recommend that, too. If you haven't seen it, check it out. Uh, James Woods might have jumped the shark in his career, Chuck, a a, a couple of times. But he did get at one time was nominated for two different Oscars. And he's done some great work. James Woods, what do you think of? Well, I, I tell you, Tough I remember one, the right? first thing he, I remember the first thing he ever did, which, which was an NBC miniseries Holocaust. Yeah, good and, one. And, he, and, and, and when they when he was uh, they when he broke his hands, he was a painter. The Nazis broke his hands. He, he was Jewish and horrible, but he was so good in that movie. I think um, of uh, I think of Cat's Eye, the one story with that. Him that and- you know what that I, I you know it's interesting because. I was going through one of the streaming channels the other day and that was on. And I remember th- that uh, Alan King, right? Yeah. Alan King. It was a smokers anonymous. Yeah. Trying to Holy quit smoking. smoke that, you know, that that's an underrated, that segment is good what one. you call an underrated gem. Yeah. Really uh, good. And I liked him in uh video drone. One of those, that's a, what, yeah. right? that's a cult classic. David Cronenberg, Deborah Harry. Flick. Right. And I also liked him in, uh, in uh, uh, contact. I thought he was good in that as well. Again, he was in the hard. Remember the hard way with Michael hard J. Fox. Way Michael yeah, J. and Fox. it was a John Ban John Bannon movie who did yeah. Blue Thunder yeah. and, and Sinai Fever. 
it, it never became the movie they wanted it to be. It, it was, had it's entertainment some fun. value. It has some fun. It's, yeah. a, it's an interesting pairing. Yep. Um, another actor that kind of a similar career, maybe not as many highs as James Woods, but Eric Roberts, who people loved early on in his career, Chuck. And then later on, he just uh, started doing schlocks. Pope, well, well, Pope of Greenwich Village, right? Yeah, they got really my good. thumb, Charlie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's 66, by the way. He's in the Dark Knight. Uh, yeah, he was in the Dark Knight. That's right. Runaway Train. Remember that flick? Runaway we love that one. That's a great. Yeah, flick. you know, I got to tell you, I, he 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 had his moments. There has to be more about him off screen that we don't know why. Like his career sort of was derailed. I, I don't just know. remember how great he was at Star 80, right? And it was like, oh, yeah, oh my God, that was a good be movie the next, too. The next big thing. And it just never, yeah, it never materialized into anything uh, right. more than that. He did a lot of straight, straight to video. I could tell you that much. Yeah, um, he sure did. How about Rick Moranis, Chuck? Uh, he fell off the face of the earth. One of the funnier human beings on earth for a time. Well, yeah, I mean, his character in Ghostbusters is iconic, right? 69 years old. Yeah. Playing. Uh, He's a very, Lewis. a very like a very likable guy. I mean, big. Uh, what do you do? Little Giants is, is a fun movie. Well, and then uh, 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 Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, right? Honey, that was, yeah, that was, that was a good one, too. Got some probably got some big pieces. Evidently, they're coming back with another one, right? And he came back. He's coming back for that. Is I don't it going to be Disney it? Plus, though, right? Or, yeah, it's going to be Disney Plus. Yeah, it's called Shrunk. He's going to do that. Yeah. And yeah. what about um, um, his role in uh, in uh, what was I going to say? The the my Club blue paradise heaven. your buddy wrote. Yeah, he, my blue heaven too, right? My blue heaven. Yeah, he was with uh, Steve Martin played against. Yeah, Steve Martin played the the uh, hitman in that. that yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Has some funny moments in it. It does. Yes, it is. It does. Um, last but not least, we're both big fans of her. Um, Jennifer Garner, Chuck, who, believe it or not, is 50 years old this weekend. Wow. Yeah. And and Boy, man, I think we play. all were introduced it, to her I, in I, Alias, right? That was really I, I, to, to me. Yes. But to me, it's like, OK, I love 13 going on 30. Like, it's just such an enjoyable movie. I remember seeing that with my wife. We sat in the theater when it was over. I said, you know what? This is the next Julia Roberts. Now, she there is no such thing as the next Julia Roberts because there's only one Julia Roberts. Right. And the movie wasn't the massive hit that it should have been. It was a hit, but not the massive hit. She's so likable and appealing in that film. And and she's done so many movies. Um, and she's had a really good career. She's done comedy and romantic comedy and lighthearted rom-com and action and uh, obviously she's very attractive and, and she's a very interesting person in a good interview. And um, just, you just ask got, 10 people, you show 10 people a picture. I would say eight would know her name. And that's well, damn would, good, Mike. It would probably say what's in your wallet, right? The Capital One commercials yeah. have really I mean, it's, it's, she's a had a really great uh, run. It's a very profitable, lucrative uh, career. And I'm sure it's very satisfying. She's done great. And she's done a couple of uh, streaming movies that my daughter and I both enjoyed yesterday. They went right to Netflix kids movie. And then she also did the Adam project, which just came out. We talked about it right. a number of times right. with Ryan Reynolds. She's in that. And I also, you know, I remember when she was opposite of uh, Kevin Costner in draft day for some reason. Yeah, she's the really believability. Of I, got, that relationship. I, I, I must be honest. Her last action movie, Peppermint, I don't like. No, it wasn't it, good. It's like it's like, it's like one of those good. movies like. It's so grimy, like you feel like you need a shower when it's when, it, yeah. when you're watching it. Like, I, I don't like it's too nasty. Did you like her in, as Electra, though? Uh, in Daredevil, very much so. In the spinoff Electra, absolutely. That movie's putrid. Yeah, it's bad. Um, 
it's like pathetic. Yeah. Like, what do you do? Like, I liked her. Uh, let's wish she evidently, you know, connected with Ben Affleck and he fell sure. in love and got married. Sure. But, uh, one, she looks great in, as Electra in Daredevil, and she's really good. And, and it's a good character, and they botched it in that uh, standalone, really botched it. And uh, she's in a couple of religious movies we're going to talk about, too. I, yeah. I really like yes. Miracles from Heaven. I thought that was a really good flick. Chuck and I, uh, as we head into Easter weekend, wanted to take a, a minute and count down our five favorite uh, God or religious-based, faith-based movies that we both uh, have enjoyed uh, all time. Um, Chuck, I'll get things started here at my number five. And it's one that, you know, especially this Easter weekend, it's tough to watch, but I couldn't leave it off the list. It's directed so well. Look, it's graphic, it's hard to watch, but it's important to watch, and that's The Passion of the Christ, nominated for three Academy Awards. Uh, weirdly enough, Mel Gibson did not get a nomination for this, um, but he does, it's such a controversial-type film, I, I, don't, I, I, I know why, but Jim Caviezel plays um, Jesus Christ here. And it's basically the 12 hours leading up to his crucifixion in Jerusalem. It's, it's gruesome. It, it's it like I said, it's hard to watch, but you can't leave it off this list because of the importance of it and um, and 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 how stylistic it is. Once again, whether it's Hacksaw Ridge or Braveheart or uh, you know Apocalypto or even this film, this guy knows how to direct and he knows how to make a stylized type movie while keeping the the storyline moving along. Um, it made a ton of money. It was a huge hit uh, right around this time, uh, way back when in in uh, 2004. It's hard to believe this movie is almost 15 years old already. It Chuck, is hard to believe. Yeah, uh, Chuck, I had to put The Passion of the Christ. Again, to be honest with you, I think I've seen it twice in 15 years because it's just so difficult to watch, but it's so important to watch, and especially this weekend. Uh, I didn't put it on my top five. I do admire the film, don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm a big fan of Mel Gibson as a director. You know, in hindsight, over time, uh, you know, what, what do, I, do I think he overdid uh, overdid it in terms of uh, the violent content in that film. Uh, I, I, and a lot, I think a lot of people would say the answer to that question is yes. But I do remember sitting in a theater on opening day watching that movie, and, and it was interesting because there was about 25 nuns uh, from, from uh, the local Catholic church who came down to watch it uh, when I was watching it in my screening. And uh, it was a very, very powerful experience for them. In, in, indeed, uh, it's a very well-made movie. Don't get me wrong; it's a very well-made movie. Uh, I just think on repeat viewing, it's hard to watch, and uh, you don't really see it aired on um, on television. I mean, it has not been picked up, uh, to the best of my knowledge, by uh, uh, some of the cable uh, n- networks outside of maybe uh, HBO or Showtime. It's never aired on AMC. It's never aired on TNT or TBS. I wonder, Mike, uh, if it uh, ever will, but the, the content is so strong, and I think if you cut uh, and edit the content to play on basic cable, I think the movie's going to lose a lot of its uh, effect, but there's uh, a few uh, movies based on the life and death of Jesus Christ that I have a little bit higher on my list, but I certainly respect the pick, and I do like, uh, I do like the, uh, the film, despite the fact that it is way over the top in terms of its uh, graphic uh, nature. I went a little lighter, Mike, on my number five. I went with... Uh, the 1977 comedy, Oh God, which had um, God uh, in the appearance of uh, George Burns. And uh, I really like this movie. I remember seeing it back when I was a, uh, a kid. Uh, John Denver, the country singer, stars in this movie as a grocery store clerk who's approached by uh, a man claiming to be uh, 
a god that is George Burns. Terry Gar plays his wife. I think this movie has a really nice message. It's uh, pretty well done. George Burns was quite the character back in the day. I think he lived to be 100. Some of his appearances on The Tonight Show, Mike, were infamous. Uh, a great personality. Uh, seemed like a really good guy, a major celebrity in his time. And I think if there was any actor or celebrity who was qualified to play God at the time, it was certainly George, George Burns. This movie came out in 1977. In a lot of ways, forgotten. I know they wanted to do a remake, and uh, um, uh, Ellen was attached to a remake for like a decade, never materialized. But I have a feeling, Mike, this is primed to be remade eventually, but uh, I like this movie, so I put it as my number five. It's hard to believe he was 81 at the time when he did that film. Wow, that is uh, hard to believe. And remember, it became a franchise for him as well. They followed it up with Oh God, Book 2 with the little kid, and then right. he, he ended up playing God and Satan later on in Oh God, You Devil. Now let me ask the question, was that a stretch of his acting talent in Paw 3, yes or no? <laughs> I don't think so. I'm not sure if oh. you could actually find the difference between his delivery as God or, or Satan, but um, uh, look, he it's lighthearted fair. I'm glad you put it on a list because I thought about putting it on my list, especially in '77. I mean, that was a huge hit, Chuck. I mean, he, he you know, not known as a movie star, pretty much. You know, he had his uh, his stand up act and and uh, Gracie and his show early on. Now, this really put him into the movie forefront and and made him a, a, an even bigger star at the age of 81. Oh, absolutely, it made, it made no doubt. It, it took uh, uh, an interesting uh, c- celebrity personality who was primarily known for his appearances on The Tonight Show and really did uh, throw him into uh, the realms uh, of pop culture. And um, I, I was a big fan of George Burns on those Tonight Show appearances. And, uh, you know, he's one of those people you thought would live forever mm. because his mind, even at 99 years old, his mind was very healthy. And keep in mind, too, right after that, he made that movie with uh – uh, Brooke Shields, Just You and Me, Kid. And then he did uh, Going in Style, which actually just got redone, and we're both big fans but, uh, well, of well, that. But he also is primarily known in a lot of ways for the Sunshine, Bo- yeah. Sunshine Boys movie adoption with uh, Walter... Uh, Matt Bell. Was it Walter Matthau? Yeah, yeah Walter Matthau. Really yeah. good movie. Yeah, great yeah. stuff. All right, uh, my number four, Chuck, uh, is actually one of those Christian movies that just came out a few years ago. And um, the only reason, well, not the only reason, but one of the main reasons I put it on the list, it's got the great performance by Jennifer Garner, and that's Miracles from Heaven, which is based on an incredible true story of the Beam family, which had a 10-year-old girl who had a rare, uncurable disease. She falls from a tree and is miraculously cured. Now, whether you believe the subject matter or not, you certainly get drawn into the performances, especially by uh, Jennifer Gardner and the young actress Kylie Rogers, who plays Anna. Um, i got to tell you, this movie and Draft Day, her performances in that, I mean, why she wastes her time with these Capital One spots, I know she's probably making a ton of money, but I really would love to see Jennifer Gardner start doing some more adult-oriented uh, movies and, and, and be cast. Um, she's got a great look, she's always good, and this performance in Miracles from Heaven is really quite good, and I got drawn in i'm not the most uh um christian or or a faithful you know a, a faith-based person but i got drawn in and made me believe in it it's based on the book by christy beam who is the mother and i'm telling you jennifer garden garner should work more I, I remember i saw this right after draft day i'm like why why isn't she cast more i just don't get it obviously she had that major fail with electra but that was so far long ago she's a good uh, actress chuck and she should be cast more I agree with you. I think when they say, uh, let's get us likable, I think Jennifer Garner would be uh, top 
of that list. I, I enjoyed that movie. Uh, it's it's a good pick, but I do agree with you. I would like to see her do more. She's worked consistently. She's she's done a lot of. Uh, she's been uh, typecast in a lot of. Uh, Movies as uh, the wife, yeah. uh, and that's not always a good thing. But uh, I, I am a big fan, indeed. And she's actually in the new movie Love Simon that's out. And guess what? She plays the mom, the wife. Yeah, you know. So y- yeah. you're right. I mean, but hey, she's look, many a time with her pays the bills, right? Absolutely. Uh, good pick, Mike. Uh, my number four. I went again. I went with another comedy. Uh, I went with Bruce Almighty from. Uh, uh, 2003. I know you may not be the biggest Jim Carrey fan, but I do like this film primarily because I like Morgan Freeman as God. I think he was awesome. Uh, uh, Carrey plays a, uh, n- uh, a news anchor who gets mad at the world, specifically gets mad at God. God comes down to him and says, if you could do a better job, do it yourself. Some good laughs in this movie, good supporting term by Jennifer Aniston, but uh, there's something about Morgan Freeman who has the most majestic voice in Hollywood playing God that makes this movie fly, Mike. Uh, and, you know, even the, the sequel, Evan Almighty, where Jim Carrey is not Oof. involved and Steve Carell uh, starred in it. I actually like that movie also, but uh, I put Bruce Almighty as my number four. Now, I never understood, but uh, help me out here. Uh, I'm not a fan, really, of either movie. I think it's a little overblown. I'm not, but I do love Jim uh, 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 Steve Carell. Steve Carell's character, Evan, is the is the same character that he is in, in Bruce Almighty, that he's the... the the obnoxious yeah, he, he, he is. Yeah, he, he is. He is. He is a supporting uh, role in the original film, and then they make him the lead in the uh, sequel. Well, we're I guess Jim Carrey said that script's not good enough. I want my twenty million. Not going <laughs> to pay me. Uh, go with Corral. I actually like the sequel, though. I did. Uh, yeah, it's got Lauren Graham in it. She's very appealing. Um, and Wanda Sykes is pretty funny in it. She is. But so were there a lot of unanswered questions at the end of Bruce Almighty that needed to be answered in Evan Almighty? Well, you know the answer to that. The answer is no. It was just, uh, let's do a sequel. Okay. I mean, look, it actually was a revival for Jim Carrey's career a little bit because he, you know, outside of Liar Liar, he wasn't making too many movies that people were going to see. This one actually struck a chord with audiences. Um, I, I think Bradley Cooper's in this film, too, was one of his buddies, right? I believe he was. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of this film. I, I just, his style to me, I never, look, I, you're talking to a guy that doesn't like Ace Ventura, The Mask, or any of the other crap. Uh, I, I, I can't stand Ace Ventura. I, 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 I never understood the popularity, but I love The Mask. It's the first thing Jim Carrey, uh, I believe, uh, did did on the big screen in the store. Well, the first thing Cameron Diaz did, too. Yeah. I'm a big fan of The Mask. I like uh, that one. Uh, to, me, to me, it's the Truman Show, and that's it. I don't really want to see anything else. Um, Chuck, my number three is a comedy, uh, dark comedy, and maybe Kevin Smith's best film, and that's Dogma, about an abortion clinic uh, worker who's basically called upon to prove the existence uh, of God for all humanity. Um, look, Kevin Smith, to me, uh, is is just an opportunity missed for Hollywood. Uh, he made too many movies with Jay and Silent Bob, and this movie that deals with religion and, and Catholicism and all that stuff actually does include Jay and Bob as well, and I, I just think he just overdid that a little bit. But great turns by Ben Affleck and ben, and Matt Damon as two fallen angels who are really bad guys. Uh, Salma Hayek is very good in this. George Carlin's funny as well. This is a really funny, dark movie, but more than anything else, really tackles some serious subject matter. Got a lot of praise from critics at the time. Um, it didn't really catch on as far as a big mega movie that everybody went to see, but this is definitely Kevin Smith's best movie, deepest movie, and really the one that uh, he wants to say the most in. Again, 
the, the, the moments with Jane Silent Bob do not need to be in this movie. Everything else around it is fantastic. And uh, for someone that is, whether you're an atheist or a really hard and true uh, religious or Christian per- person, it'll make you think either way. And that's why I like Dogma. I agree. I agree. I agree. I, I think it, uh, it does make you think. And I, I do like that film. You know, Kevin Smith's career has been really interesting. Clearly, the guy has talent. Certainly a very, very interesting person in front of a microphone. It's interesting the way uh, the business has really embraced him or not embraced him, uh, not really given the opportunity to make uh, big, big studio fare. So he's done a lot of middling type stuff in terms of uh, budget. But I do like this film, and I think it is a good pick, Mike. Good choice. Thank you. You're number three. I went with uh, I, I went with Ben Hur from uh, 1959. This is one of those classic religious epics. It's got the massive sets. It's got the massive amount of extras, and it has uh, the lead actor, pri- the prime guy for all religious epics, and that's uh, <laughs> Charlton Heston. You know, the interesting thing about this movie, I was reading uh, a lot about a lot of these these big massive epics back in the day. Is uh, who who almost was not. Cast and before they landed uh, Charlton Heston, Burt Lancaster was asked to play the lead role of Ben Hur. Wound up uh, turning it down. Said the script was boring. Uh, they also offered the role to Marlon Brando, Rock Hudson, uh, and even Leslie Nielsen, who uh, all turned down the uh, role. Kurt Douglas, Kirk, Kirk Douglas, primarily known as Spartacus, was interested, uh, didn't get it. Wound up going to uh, Charlton Heston, and uh, I guess Heston's career in a lot of ways, Mike especially in the first uh, quarter of it, was defined by these religious epics, and Ben-Hur is one of the best, so I had to put it on my uh, top five. So if they cast Leslie Nielsen, would O.J. Simpson have been like the Sheik in that movie? Or Probably, <laughs> and I'm sure they would have found a role for George Kennedy also. <laughs> the narrator would have been perfect, Baldazar. Uh, <laughs> listen, uh, this is one of the great movies of all time. It's not on my list. Um, it won 11 Oscars. Uh, there's another Charlton Heston film that I'm sure it's on both our lists. Uh, he won an Oscar as well for this, uh, Charlton Heston. Uh, it's a must-watch every year um, about the Jewish prince who goes into slavery and all that stuff. Uh, but he, but he has, what makes these movies amazing, Mike, is uh, you know, despite the fact... Uh, that they were made, uh, you know, in the ni- in the 1950s, and, and they had, uh, you know, didn't have the technology that they'd have now. So they did it the old-fashioned way. They built enormous sets. They used a ton of extras. Mm-hmm. They used their imagination. The chariot scene is simply incredible. How they filmed this stuff. I mean, they took chances. There was certainly high risk when the filming se- sequences like that, but they didn't cut corners because they couldn't. And that's what makes uh, the 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 shooting, the cinematography. Uh, amazing in 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 these in these films, and when they did it on a grandest of scales, like they did it in this movie, and the budget was I think fourteen million, the highest budgeted movie uh, ever at its time, and they spent like another fourteen million dollars to market it. It paid off. These movies were massive hits, uh, great reviews, and the star power um, of a Charlton Heston uh, is hard to equal in movies today. You know, whether you want to say Charlton Heston was a great actor. Uh, that might be debatable it's a different argument. Uh, for some yeah. people, yeah. but in terms of pure star presence on the big screen, that's not debatable. It's a different argument, no, no doubt about it. And uh, I, I never saw the remake they did a couple years ago. Did you see it? Was it any, worth anybody's time? I, 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 did, I did not see it. Um, and if you're going to do remakes of any movies, don't touch... Uh, this, this epic stuff because it just doesn't work. Same, same as the Ten Commandments remake, uh, it just doesn't 
you can't do it as well nope. as it was originally done, and, and it's not worth touching. Well, you bring up my number two, and that is the Ten Commandments, which uh, it came out in 1956. Uh, Oscar winner for Best Effects and Special Effects. But this really, Chuck, uh, was one of those movies growing up in the 70s and 80s. ABC ran every Easter Sunday in its entirety. Um, commercial-free a lot of times, too, as Charlton Heston splits the Red Sea and he plays Moses basically his entire life. Uh, Yul Brenner is great in this film as well uh, as uh, Ramesses. And, uh, of course, you got Ann Baxter, Yvonne DiCarlo, Edward G. Robinson. I mean, who could, who could put a gangster in a Ten Commandments movie? Well, Cecil B. DeMille could. Uh, Ten Commandments is one of the great movies of all time. Uh, it's not number one on my list, um, mainly because my number one, it just holds a special place, uh, and it's m- probably a movie um, p- people haven't seen that they should see. But the Ten Commandments—is uh, it still running on ABC on Sunday, Easter yeah, Sunday? It, it actually, it actually airs this Saturday night on ABC. It airs every year. Still garners like seven or eight million viewers every uh, time it's aired right before Easter. Uh, I did a revival of this movie a couple years ago on the big screen. Let me just say this, Mike: the high definition transfer is completely. Stunning, and you know, in the age of superhero movies, it was really interesting when I was watching it. I got to tell you, when you watch this movie on the big screen, it really does play out like one of the maybe the greatest superhero origin movie story ever told. Because the sequences of Heston before you know he realizes uh, you know his prophecy and what he will become uh, is simply fascinating. And the scene in the mud pit when he's trying to save the old man mm. in the mud pit, and the old man says, you know, before I close my eyes, I wanted to see, uh, you know, a, 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 a deliverer who would leave, lead all slaves, slaves out of bondage. And that glaring, unbelievable score by Elmer Bernstein is being played. That is one of my all-time favorite sequences in a movie. And then when, uh, when Heston's, uh, when he's the, 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 the Prince of Egypt, saves that old woman trapped uh, uh, under the, uh, the, 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 the stone pit. Also, a really heroic uh, sequence that I simply love. This is an amazing, I think it's simply an amazing achievement, amazing movie. It's an epic of epics. And uh, if you get a chance to watch this on the big screen, Mike, it is simply well worth it. And some of the special effects 60 years ago still hold up. I mean, they do. It's unbelievable how they could make movies back then. And now, now it just seems like everybody cheats, throws it on digital. Uh, this stuff is uh, is is quite remarkable what they did on screen. And and, and, and I just want to point out, it it is my number one. I kind of figured it would be Chuck. Why don't you reveal your number two right now? My number two is, it's the greatest story ever told from 1965, the life and death of Jesus Christ on the big screen. Uh, this is a polarizing movie. It made a lot of money, but in its day, it, it, was, it was knocked to an extent because of a lot of the stunt casting in the film. Uh, the biggest, uh, the voice of John Wayne at the end of the movie, yeah. where he says uh, he truly was the son of God. That doesn't bother me in the least. I actually like it. Sidney Poitier has a nice cameo in this movie, uh, helping Jesus carry the cross. Shelley Winters has a cameo in the film, but uh, it's Max von Sydow playing uh, Jesus who really makes this movie fly. I think he's excellent casting. I think he did a great job of it. And if any actor who played Jesus on the big screen, he is actually uh, my favorite. Uh, I used to watch this movie all the time with my three brothers, my mother and father at home. It was a staple viewing uh, at Easter time. And I I am still a big fan of this uh, 
Phil Mike. So I put it as my uh, number two. You know, it's interesting. There's been different uh, ver- uh, Jesus, the life of Jesus on the big screen. I also like the King of Kings with Jeffrey Hunter as Jesus. He's a more hippie Jesus. They take a lot of liberties in the storytelling in that movie. Barabbas is a good guy, Mike. Yeah. And the King of Kings, which when I also did a, uh, a revival of that, and some of the audience who never saw it before was like throw, really throw, thrown on the heels with that uh, story. Uh, interpret, interpretation, and uh, then you got Martin Scorsese's The Last Temptation of Christ, which is a very Gritty. interesting watch, yeah. but I do really like The Greatest Story of a Toll from 1965. Yeah, I mean, outside of, like you said, some of the stunt cats, I mean, Telly Savalas as Pontius Pilate might be a bit of a reach. But I uh, like him, though. I do, I do, I do, I do like him. Uh, I, I, think, I think the star power of, of Savalas does work in that pivotal role in that movie. I was going to say, and how Pat Boone didn't get an Oscar nomination for one of the Angels is beyond, mm. <laughs> beyond me. It's an oversight of oversight. <laughs> but again, our buddy <laughs> Chuck Heston, John the Baptist in this film. Uh, yeah. Yeah it, yeah, it it is great. It is one of those movies you could watch over and over again. I, to me, I get the enjoyment out of all-star cast more than I think. I think that takes away from the actual story you should be watching is, oh, my God, he's in this. Oh, my God, she's in this. I mean, Angela Lansbury, Roddy McDowell. I mean, all these people pop up. I I think it always becomes a Love Boat episode instead of what it should be about. Uh, But it is must-watch entertainment nonetheless. And I'm glad you brought up Last Temptation of Christ. Didn't make my list, but it's Scorsese, Defoe's great performance. It's a dark territory uh, of the Bible, uh, but it is something that uh, people should see. Didn't make my list. Chuck, the one movie I did wanted to bring up, and it is my favorite, that deals with God and religion and really uh, where we are in this world, is a movie from 1991 called The Rapture, which stars Mimi Rogers as basically a woman lost in her late 20s. Um, she's a sexual addict. She just goes from you know person to person um, and, and mating and not really finding a way until she overhears um, a bunch of coworkers talk about this new religion and this this visual this this vision that they've all had in common. Um, she becomes obsessed with spirituality and God and where it could lead uh, to the point of which where she marries David Duchovny in this film and they have a child together. Um, so this movie starts out one place about uh, this woman who's very sexually active and takes you to the literal rapture of the earth and of the world, Chuck, and and it. It pulls no punches. Movie directed and written by Michael Tolkien. Great performance by Mimi Rogers in this yeah, film. It is. Great star making performance. And the lengths that this movie goes to at the end, where she's actually in purgatory trying to figure out life and what to do, I could not believe the movie I put in my VCR in 1991 went to the lengths it did at the end. And it, ca- it covers everything from gun violence to uh, single motherhood to, you know, just your belief in God and how far you would go for your belief in God and how far some people won't go in their belief in God. This is a movie a lot of people need to see. Um, just to question where you are in your life and what you actually do truly believe. A lot of people say they believe in God, Chuck, but this actually sp- explores the concept of really how much do you believe in God and how far would you go for God? Go rent The Rapture. Go find it on, on on DVD. It's really good. It's one of my favorite movies from 1991. And talk about actresses who really never hit it big but probably should have. I love Mimi Rogers in the early 90s, and I wish she would have made superstardom. I, I did like someone to watch over me. She did with Tom Berenger. I thought she was good in that. She carries this film, Chuck. The Rapture is one of the best films of the 90s. 
Uh, it's a really good film, Mike. I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, Mimi Rogers, some people might or may not know, the first wife of actor Tom Cruise. Big supporter of this film, Mike, was Roger Ebert. Yeah. In 1991, really praised this movie, gave it four out of four stars, one of his top uh, ten movies of that year. Uh, Mimi Rogers is awesome in this movie. This is certainly a forgotten movie, Mike. I don't even know if it's, if it's in a high-definition format, but it is on DVD. Uh, came out in nine, uh, 2004, actually, on uh, DVD. This is a really good pick. I'm glad you brought it up. Good film, extremely thought-provoking, and an excellent performance by uh, actress uh, Mimi Rogers. And great work by David Duchovny, who's, who, who isn't in the film a lot, but he has a critical uh, character in this film. He's really good in it as well. All right, let's I agree go, 100%. Let's go through our list real quick. Our top five uh, God or religious-based films, The Passion of the Christ, my number five, Miracles from Heaven, my number four, Dogma, three, The Ten Commandments at two, and The Rapture, starring Mimi Rogers at number one. My number five was Oh God with George Burns from 77. Number four, the comedy Bruce Almighty, Jim Carrey, and, uh, of course, the great Morgan Freeman. Number three, the religious epic from 59, Ben-Hur. Number two, the greatest story ever told from 65. Great turn by Max von Sydow as Jesus. And uh, my number one will always be number one. Uh, That's the Ten Commandments from 1956. Chuck, do you think they'll ever do epics like this and bring in the star power and do a three and a half hour movie that would star the likes of from George Clooney, DiCaprio, all these. Would they ever do? Why? Why aren't they making so. movies like I this? I don't think so. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to uh, use the word the product of its time. But I do believe this was a genre that really hit uh, in its time in the fifties and nineteen uh, sixties. A lot of these classic epic religious. Films, but I don't know, and I and I say this, I don't mean, mean to say this facetiously, but I don't know if there's enough star power uh, to carry some of these religions. And as much as I like Christian Bale, uh, you know, uh, you know, in his in the in the really Scott remake of uh, of, of of the Ten Commandments, uh, it was called by a different name. But uh, as good as Christian Bale was, Mike, he's just not uh, Charlton Heston on the big screen as, Mo- as, as Moses. He's not. No, he's not, and uh, so we won't be seeing The Rock as Punch's pilot anytime soon. Oh boy, I, I don't. I might make an exception there. <laughs> <laughs> right, Chuck, have a good one. We'll do it again next week, my friend. Always a pleasure, Mike. Thanks for listening to Movie Maniacs. Download one of our archived episodes. Be sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts by Federated Media.